0: Six podcast football is back. Not not necessarily in a good way. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily CBS Sports NFL podcast. Want you to know that you know if you dive on in, if you're if you're in on the uh, the social media stuff, Twitter, Instagram, you should follow at Pick Six Pod on both platforms. Our social media team runs those. Some people think I do, but yeah, not true. Actually, uh, our social media team runs them and they do an incredible job. They are. <laughs> they, I wish I was as funny as those guys. They're, they have incredible Photoshop skills, video skills. They come up with great like smack chat stuff during the week. And if you're on Facebook, you can join our private pick six podcast Facebook group, with just listeners as well as the super friends. They'll all be joining. And we will answer your questions personally on Sunday. If you have a lineup question and you feel like having a, an expert answer that question for you will make you feel better about your decision, I will answer each and every one personally on Sunday. You just have to go search for Pick 6 Podcast on Facebook. Join the private group. It'll say pending. Then you'll get added. And then you can chat about games. You can chat about can, We can, you can start discussion threads where you're like, is Sean dating somebody? Any, anything's fair game. Anything's fair game. So you want to talk about us? You want to talk about football? You want to ask trade questions? Whatever it is. Beer, doesn't matter. You can do it in there while we're at it. Go ahead and hit up that iTunes. Bang that five-star review. Uh, I'm told we're going to give away something cool like Sean's dad's T-shirt uh, if we get to a 1,000 uh, reviews. So go ahead and, and do that while you're at it. Sean.
1: You know what sucks real quick? I'm going to interrupt you right away. You know what sucks about us going to video soon is I can't do this anymore to you.
0: That's, that's Sean giving me the middle finger. You know what is great about this being audio is I can let you know that the bears suck. Oh man. What a dagger. Uh, listen, but before we get to that, first things first, John Breach also here. Breach, what's up, buddy?
2: Now I have to sign up for Facebook. Is that what this is called? I almost, I almost tagged you in one of I'm them. I'm not on, I, on Facebook.
0: There you are. He even says John Breach, CMS Sports.
2: I quit when Zuckerberg started selling all my information to Cambridge Analytica, but we don't need to go into that. No, we don't.
0: And, uh, more, <laughs> more importantly, Ryan Wilson, uh, what is your Venmo account? Because I think the three of us owe you $5, or at least right. Sean and I do, because that Mitch Trubisky MVP campaign, it died on the operating <laughs> table.
3: So, I was actually, as I was watching the game, and he played like doo-doo for the first three quarters, and then he, he made the, he had some good throws in the fourth quarter right before that interception. If he had let a touchdown drive, the MVP hopes are still alive. That was a terrible football game. Yes. Yes. But he had it. But I don't think, unless he comes out and throws for 500 yards, eight touchdowns, and no interceptions every game for the next 15 games, there's 0% chance he's winning MVP. I,
0: I think if he did that for like 10 straight
1: games, he'd at least be in the conversation.
0: Um, let, let right me,
3: he's I, the worst quarterback in the NFL.
0: Well, I, I, that's, that is, that is. is I mean,
1: Sure, there's been one game played so right.
0: that's on yeah. the table, but um I, I do think on that last drive, what happened was the Packers played soft, pettons kind of backed things up because they they were winning by seven. They believed they could play underneath and force him you know worst case, get him in the red zone. I thought that was a mistake. They rushed three at one point in time, and, and uh, the Bears ran no huddle, and it certainly worked. You could tell how that might work against other things. I want to ask you this, Sean, what um, on a scale of one to ten? What's your concern level for Mitchell Trubisky? Dad, you're not being an A-hole. No, 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 no. no.
1: I'm, I'm smiling because I was actually – I knew you were going to start with me, and I was trying to wonder what the question was. I thought it was going to be 1 to 10 panic level about the Bears overall. But I think the Trubisky thing – No, was, I mean, like, no.
0: I mean, I think it's like 1 to 10. What is your concern that Mitchell Trubisky is going to derail a potentially great Bears defense from making a, a, a potential Super Bowl run?
1: Nine. Okay, that's uh, pretty high. That's pretty and, high. And, yeah. and 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 I know it's week one, and – Look, that's an overreaction. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that a lot of people have spent the summer talking about how if the Bears defense regresses, it's going to be okay because this is Trubisky's second year Matt Nagy's scheme and last year was his first year and his first year in the NFL was in John Fox's offense and he didn't play much in college. He just needs more reps. Um, he's, you know, raw prospect. And what we saw tonight is pretty much what we saw for most of last season in the games that he struggled, which there are a lot of them. So we saw zero progress tonight. Um, I'm not saying that he's a bust. I'm not saying any of that. But if you were looking for any signs of an improvement, I think we saw absolutely zero of it. This was pretty much what we saw against the Eagles in the playoffs for three and a half quarters. And we was, saw four full quarters.
0: Hey, time. Uh, Breach, what um... – if you're a Bears fan, and you're not. Thank God. Would not that be horrible right now? If you were a Bears fan, what what would you pin more of that on tonight, Mister Trubisky's performance? Would you blame Trubisky?
2: I already got the answer to this question. You didn't have to give me the options. And I would just like you guys to know, I like actual Bears, so like I have that in common with Sean. We both like. I like what? actual Bears. Well, tell
0: the listeners what the options are, because. You
2: know. Oh, okay. we well, can finish it. Well, probably, I already know my answer. Right. Brinson
1: getting salty when sorry. All right, finish him. your
2: options, Brinson. <laughs>
0: they, the, the listeners don't know we have a rundown with a group of options listed. Nor do, they, nor do they expect that I would put together a rundown. Uh, do you blame it on Trubisky, Matt Nagy putting Trubisky in certain positions, or the Packers' defense? Which, as Aaron Rodgers pointed out, we got a defense. We got a defense. Looked pretty
2: damn good. I blame Matt Nagy. Why in the name of God did Mitchell Trubisky throw the ball forty-five times? Nobody knows. His talent level more than Maggie and his talent level is average at best. If he is on his game, there's no reason he should. This this wasn't like the Packers were ever up 30 to 10. This was a one score game all night. Mitchell Trubisky never should have thrown the ball 45 times. The bears are now one in seven all time when he throws 35 or more passes, including that playoff loss to the Eagles back in Jerry, which was also a close game. You don't need to be putting the ball in Mitchell Trubisky's hands. And by doing that, He just gave up on the run. I don't know what was going on there. Sean is probably still irate about the fact that Cordero Patterson got the ball in a Mm. third and one up the gut. That's literally the last person I would give the ball to in a third and one situation. And then he also passed up that 51 yard field goal with Eddie Pinheiro when it was a fourth and 10. It was an obvious field goal kicking situation. If you have any trust in your kicker, you just went through this whole preseason saying, Hey, I trust my kicker. He's kicking Thursday. Uh, the Packers were only up seven to three at that point. It was the third quarter. You tried the field goal. It is a one point game. I thought Matt Nagy got like an F minus. I give Trubisky like an F plus. I thought Nagy was worse.
3: <laughs> I, I I rarely disagree with John. I think John's smoking something. They had ten penalties. They were always behind the chains. Whose fault I
2: mean, is the 10 penalties? I mean, Nagy what? not for bearing them? I mean, like, you can put that on the coach. Matt Nagy had a very, very,
3: very bad day at the office. He uh, did look, not have a worse day than Mitchell Trubisky.
2: I don't know. How about the fact
0: that on, uh, fourth and 10, facing a 51 yard field goal, Matt Nagy. Yeah, you just said that. Right. I know. I mean, what is, dream. right? What it's is your,
3: give this podcast, you repeat everything everyone already says and call it your own. Well, what are you, <laughs> what, what is your excuse for Matt Nagy? <laughs> Eddie Pinheiro, they had nine friggin' kickers. I, I I don't care that he didn't kick there. And so they lose by four points?
2: Sean, you're the nerd
3: here. What's yeah, but a seven
2: what is, game changes the complexion of the game over yeah, the final the final not, quarter and a half
3: not for Aaron Rodgers. Sean,
0: what is the what what's the E V of uh kicking there versus
1: going forward on fourth and ten with Mitchell Trubisky? I wish you would have put that in the rundown so I could actually know the percentages. I don't know, um, I, I
0: don't know, it doesn't matter. The stupid thing is going for it with Trubisky all oh, no, I, I,
1: I completely agree. And someone did tweet a stat about how rare, you know, getting a fourth and 10 is versus kicking a 50 plus yard field goal. Um, and you understand why Nagy's doing it. It's because he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't want to hurt Pinero's confidence if he misses that field goal. Yeah. But what does it say to your kicker when you say, I trust my quarterback who can't complete a pass downfield to convert a fourth and 10 over you trying to 50 yard field goal. So I, it's not like he saved Pinero's confidence. If anything, this just shows, you know, every team and, you know, his own team that we have zero confidence in our kicker to make a big kick.
2: Not sending him out hurts him more than him missing that kick because a 50-yard field goal anything over that is not a gimme and people understand if you miss those. This is not a 43-yarder, but not even sending him out to try it that is just like Stabbing your kicker's confidence in the face. And also, and to talk about Breach's point about penalties, I think, and
1: you know, Ryan was arguing against it, I think the penalties are at least partially on Nagy because there were a few delay of games. And the reason the Bears were in a fourth and 10 where they were picking between a fourth and 10 or a uh, 51 yard field goal was because they had a delay of game on third and five. So I mean those are just completely avoidable penalties that the Bears consistently shot themselves in the foot with all night. So I mean I to answer your original question, Brunson, I think it's a it's a combination of all three things. So it's a combination of Trubisky not taking the chances that but rank it. set him set him up with, which there were open receivers that he missed. Um the interception at the end was a terrible throw. At that point, you throw it away and you play for fourth down. It wasn't fourth down yet. Um it's on Nagy for getting too cute at times. Um, which he does have a tendency to do. And let's also give the Packers' defense some credit because I thought the one area I was most shocked about where the Bears underperformed was on the offensive line because when I think of the Bears' offensive line, I think of a pretty good, you know, not one of the three best units, but a pretty good unit. I thought they were manhandled for most of the night by the Packers' defensive front, which contributed to all three factors. It contributed to the Bears not being able to run the ball well. They only ran the ball 12 times, as Breach pointed out, not including Trubisky's three um, scrambles. They only averaged 3.1 yards per carry. And then when Trubisky did drop back to pass until that final series where, as Brunson pointed out, the Packers just kind of let them dink and dunk their way downfield. Trubisky couldn't get settled back there. And what we know about him as a passer is when if you get pressure on him and you get his footwork messed up, he's going to make some bad throws. Uh, so I do think the Packers defensive front was impressive because I thought they bullied the Bears offensive front.
0: What, uh, what, where would you put like the Packers offense? We're, we're like, Cause I think if, if you're coming out of this game, the, I mean, the, the, the biggest takeaway to me easily is, oh man, the Bears offense is in trouble. But I, I do think, and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he was slapping Mike Patton after that game. He was talking about the defense. Where, Ryan, do you put on that sort of panic scale, but in reverse, maybe confidence, where do you put how the Packers should feel about their defense? Cause Pete Prisco, I'm going to date. Their defense tag,
3: or their offense? Their defense. Oh, their defense is lights out, and I, I think you gotta temper that with the understanding that, again, we just talked about Matt, uh, Trubisky wasn't great. Matt Nagy didn't do a wonderful, uh, wonderful job. But their defense was not very good. Last year, they got the, the Smiths, Preston, and Zedarius, and they were wreaking havoc all night long. I think they had five sacks total, the defense. Darnell Savage, their safety, their first round pick, almost should have had an interception. He played well. Uh, we know Jerry Alexander is really good. We know Martinez is really good. So I, I think their defense is gonna be a strong point and you just sort of hinted at what um Aaron Rodgers was, was pumped about with, with Mike Pettin. I, I think the offense, um just to throw this out here before we move on. Well
0: no no, we there's a rundown, man. We'll get to the offense. Oh, Come on. All
3: right. Well um T on the offense. I'm gonna give you a sneak preview. Well but I'm fine. Defense is gonna be fine.
0: No, I think the defense looks good. I mean but I think like that again, that as Sean pointed out, like it tempers it has to it has to change the complexion of how you look at Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy. Like they got they got. They ran into a really good defense, or a defense that could potentially be really good.
3: It's week one. That defense has not played together very long. There are a lot of new guys. And typically what happens when you sign a bunch of free agents, they don't work out when you pay them a lot of money. And they look pretty good. And Sean pointed to the offensive line struggling. And I don't know if that's a function of, of not being prepared, not playing together a lot. We know that Trubisky didn't take any snaps in the preseason. Uh, did Aaron Rodgers take any snaps in the preseason? No, not no. one. Okay, so I mean, I mean, if you change, I mean, he looked
2: like trash in the first quarter. If you
0: guys segue to the offense, I'm going to lose my mind and slam this computer shut.
2: Um, but <laughs> so I, I want to go to the special. So then
0: it'll be our
1: podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, take it away. No, but I have a couple more points about the Bears' offense I want to talk about first. You mentioned Corderell Patterson. Uh, why is and Breach blasted Matt Nagy as he should for the run game? I mean, why is David Montgomery only getting six carries? I get it; he only ran for 18 yards. And they were swarming on him, but you got to establish something. He looked legit. He had an incredible catch down the field too for 27 yards. He was cutting. He's breaking tackles. At some point, if you keep running him as a rookie, you know, the first pick in the freaking draft, Sean, I felt like he was going to break something or at least pick up some kind of first down to get some momentum going.
1: Yeah. Um and speaking of the running game in general, Matt Nagy definitely panicked. It felt like he thought it was seventeen to three and not seven to three, which it was for most of the game. It did feel uh, seventeen to three for the records. No, no, it really did, but you know, Nagy had to understand with the way the defense was playing that you could run the ball and even punt and you were probably gonna get the ball back with more chances. And instead they kept on going for, you know, the home run type of play. I will say this about Montgomery though. He did lead I mean, the Bears did not run the ball period. But Montgomery did lead the Bears running backs in carries, and I felt like the beginning of the game with Mike Davis, you know, getting the first carry and all that, they were just trying to ease Montgomery in. So I feel like even though six carries, 18 yards, it's not the fantasy day if you started him that you wanted out of him. I felt really confident moving forward now that Montgomery is the guy to have, because if you look at Tariq Cohen, did not carry the ball once. He had the first play of the game went to him that was called back from a holding Tariq Cohen was pretty much a slot receiver in this game. Yeah, if you go was. look at it, what he did, he had eight, eight, led the team in catches, um, on 10 targets with eight catches. He has been turned into a slot receiver, which I'm not really opposed to. I think he could be really effective out of there. So I think that's actually really good news if you're a David Montgomery owner, because I think as the season wears on and look, you know, Matt Angie, He's not dumb. He's gonna, he probably already knows that he abandoned the running game way too early. I would imagine he already regrets doing that. So I would, I see Montgomery becoming that feature guy and Mike Davis kind of getting phased out and Tariq Cohen probably just being a pass catcher.
3: Yeah.
0: And for the record, they have the Broncos next week. So if Montgomery does not put up big numbers because the Broncos are good, um, in, against, in the rush defense, go by low on all fantasy. Like, you should be trying to buy low on him after this week. If people are like, oh, man, like, I'm in trouble. He looked good. They just didn't run the ball very much. And so, um
2: you know. And, and uh, Brent, I'm glad you just mentioned that just real quick because, like, it's not going to be easy for them to get better because now they have to go and face one of the top three defenses in the NFL or defense has been one of the top three over the past few years. And if Trubisky struggled against the Packers, like, the Broncos, the Broncos might just, just punch can, him yeah, Broncos in the, the him face. Yeah. I mean, that could get ugly. So, I mean. Bears could shoot out of the gate, zero and two, and then Sean is just going to quit watching football for the year. Or probably won't even podcast anymore. That's the good right. news is they do
1: get the Redskins the next week.
2: Yes, and the Raiders <laughs> two weeks <laughs> after that.
0: Uh, I thought Allen Robinson was a big takeaway from this game too. He looked awesome. He was uh he was targeted thirteen times, and I'm going to use the phrase only caught seven, which seems to imply that it was his fault that he only reeled in seven. He should have, he, he shouldn't even, like, some of those don't even qualify for targets, Ryan. Like, Trubisky was sailing it over his head. He's hitting him in the feet. He's like, hitting Packers play. I mean, like, he's throwing in his vicinity, but they were bad throws. Finished with seven catches for 102 yards. By far the leading receiver. I would not be surprised if, um Alan Robinson, who, by the way, turned 26 in late August, ends up having a 1200 yard season for this Bears team.
3: Wow. Good lord. Let me put it to you this way. Imagine if, Antonio Brown was on the receiving end of those Mitchell Trubisky passes <laughs> over this first game. What would happen? He definitely he'd
2: would take un- off his illegal helmet and throw it at someone's face.
3: Or at the very least, he'd go like into the locker room and unfollow
0: Trubisky on Instagram. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah, no, Allen Robson played extremely well. He had some really good catches, and to Trubisky's credit, he had a few good throws. On on um, Thursday night uh, You mentioned the one to, to Dave Montgomery He had several to, to Allen Robinson I don't know if Allen Robinson is going to, to 1,200 yards Because as I was watching that game After the interception in the fourth quarter my, my mind started to wander Are we going to have a situation If we see three or four more of these games That Chase Daniel is going to be in there
0: no, 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 absolutely not. And he only what? needs, he, C not good. He only needs
3: to average 73.2 yards per game the rest of the season to get Wait a them. second. You can't just gloss over the fact that this guy just put up a steaming pile. And if he plays four more games like this, there's no consideration.
0: Are the, well, I mean, if the Bears are 0 and 5, maybe.
3: No, they could be 2 and 4. They're going to play the, the, the Redskins and who's the other team they're playing? The, the, the Raiders. The Raiders. So they'll be 2 and 2. No,
1: right. the Raiders don't come. They still, they got, the Bears The actually, to breach this point, like, they do have two cupcakes in the next month, but after they play the Redskins, they got the Vikings at home, which winnable, but very losable. Um, then they go to Oakland. No, or, no. no sorry, it's, that'll it's be London. London yeah. Um, they would probably win that game. Oh, um, if they don't win, they don't beat the Raiders in not, London. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I'm just saying if you're doing it on paper, that's probably a win. But then after that, they play the Saints and Chargers both at home and they could lose both of those games very easily.
3: I mean, we're talking about Marcus Mariota getting benched. which I think is crazy, and we're not willing to entertain the idea that Trubisky could find his way to the bench playing the same way he, as Sean pointed out the way he did play. Sean, explain year.
0: explain to him that they're not benching Mitchell Trubisky.
3: Sean's hesitating.
1: I mean, there was oh, no. I mean, this is going to be like my hottest take probably in the podcast. There was a point in that game where I was like, "Uh huh, yes." Daniel run this offense ah. a little bit better simply uh, by not stealing the ball ten yards over around? Robinson said, "Look, expect- no. I think the Bears have to be a complete dumpster fire for them to bench Trubisky, but that's not going to happen because, as, as we saw tonight, is the offense is so bad. The Bears are right there with a the chance to win it at the end because their defense is so good. The defense is going to keep them in a lot of games, and I think that's going to allow them to squeak out a lot of
2: wins. All right, Sean, let me ask you this. They have a week six bye. What if they are one and four going into that bye because they lost to either the Redskins or Raiders?
3: Mm.
2: You don't yeah. think they entertain the notion of if, benching Mitchell? If, it, if it's pro, if it's because of
1: performances like this and we keep seeing it, I wouldn't do it because then my attitude would be like the season's lost. Let's let him play a full sixteen game season so we know if we need to start finding his replacement.
0: Right, you but, have to evaluate him over sixteen games. But let you, me just ask you this: Do you think, Matt Nagy,
2: you think Matt Nagy should call Josh Rosen in the Dolphins tomorrow morning? You know, I, I was I was
1: having this exchange on Twitter and someone was recommending it for after the season. And I was like playing along. I was like, yeah, I mean. By the time this Dolphin season is over and Josh Rosen is thrown behind that terrible offensive line and terrible offense, maybe it's only a fifth round pick for Josh Rosen because his stock is so low after two bad seasons. And then I was like, wait a minute. What if they just traded for him right now? But that's not going to happen. Rosen would have to learn a brand new offense. Uh, um, I wouldn't want that. I'd rather stick with Trubisky, see what he does over a full 16 game season. You, and you know what? If he's terrible this entire year, then you absolutely dump him.
0: Would you, the, would the you trade, is. would you trade? Mitchell Trubisky for, for Josh Rosen right now? No. Would you trade Mitchell Trubisky for Deshaun Watson right now? Oh, stop it! <laughs> Would you trade Mitchell uh, Trubisky, Trubisky for, for, Andy Dalton. for Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> because those, Both those guys were drafted after Mitchell Trubisky. Brian Pace,
1: I don't do remember that. This r- is brand new
0: information. Brian Bates traded up a pick to move up to number two and took
3: Mitchell Trubisky over to Sean Watson and, and Patrick Mahomes. Matt Nagy didn't do that. He wasn't the coach then, right? No. no so. Exactly. So it's not He's, his guy. Chase let, Daniel is his guy. And if he feels... Chase, look, was, Matt, was or was not Matt Nagy frustrated uh, to the point of I hope Chicago <laughs>
0: Upstate quotes you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right.
3: laughs> was there was not Matt Nagy angry to the point of ripping off his toupee during the preseason with the way Mitchell Trubisky was so inaccurate. He was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey, look, the Chicago Tribune and um, whatever the other Chicago paper Sometimes. was. What's that?
3: Sometimes. Sometimes.
0: Sometimes we're both, like, saying during the preseason, they're like, oh, Trubisky doesn't look great.
1: I know, and all the Bears fans on Twitter were doing the – well, that's because he's playing the Bears defense in practice every day. Like, he's not going to have to do that during the season. And then he comes out against a good but not great, you know, Bears caliber defense. Be great. We don't know.
0: Um, okay. Now, Ryan, if you would like, we may talk about this Packers offense. Finally. Actually, wait. No, I'm just kidding. Um, by the way, uh, Nagy, the other thing he did wrong in that uh, field goal situation, if you're going to go for it on fourth and ten, don't call a play that asks, like, Trubisky to throw a back shoulder throw all like on the like on the out. Like give him a short dump off to Tariq Cohen and set up a shorter fourth and five on the on fourth down. What are you doing, man? Uh
1: wh- are you talking about third and ten? Yeah. He, uh, the, Patterson was wide open and he just missed him though. I'm not gonna bl- that's like I'm not blaming Nagy for that. You know, like go watch that. Sense? It was an out route that's wide open, twelve yards downfield. Well don't, you but, know, you, but your quarterback hadn't completed it all night. I mean Okay, but you still gotta call a play to get a first down and if the guy's wide open, you're not gonna you're blaming Nagy for creating a wide open first down?
3: You know who makes that throw?
1: Then At that point, then put in Chase Daniel at that point. That's what Nagy thinks. Uh,
0: So the Packers offense, also not great. And frankly, Ryan, it looked a little like Mike McCarthy's Packers offense.
3: I do wonder um, at what point in the first quarter – uh, Matt LaFleur wondered if his headset was working because, as you point <laughs> out, there was a lot of, like, backpedaling. I don't know if they were change- if Aaron Rodgers was changing plays, but those plays were not designed for him to be monke- monkeying around in the backfield, short hopping passes, taking sacks. And, look, part of it, I'm not concerned about that offense because part of it, I feel like, is obviously the Bears are extremely good and they were applying pressure early on. Regression. Aaron Rodgers got warmed up. But I just don't know if this is going to work in-, in terms of Aaron Rodgers executing this offense exactly like Matt LaFleur wants. The, uh, By
1: the way. Go ahead. We were—I mean, the Bears had to go score a touchdown, which they weren't going to do. But we were a Bears touchdown away from spending a lot of this podcast talking about Matt Lafleur's decision to call a passing play on second and five when a first down ends the game and the Bears only had two timeouts left. What the hell was that? Yeah, I mean yeah. the, the, Someone tweeted, "Like, did Rogers audible into that one?" That's um, a Prisker that, That's a Priscilla. picked off too. The pass was terrible and. At that point in the game, you run the ball, and, and if you don't get the first, which by the way, they gained six yards on the first down, they were probably getting the first. I feel like it was it, it, was, it was
0: it was second and five. I, I will I will say this just to play devil's avocado, Larry. Um, if he if he gets that, it's like, oh, the floor has a killer instinct. This young coach knows how to but, go for the jungle. I'm not saying it was the right call.
1: I'm just saying that it like when when the pass is thrown, it's like, what are you doing, dude? The Bears' offense has been so bad that all you do is you punt and you say, look, if you guys can go the whole field without timeouts and score, fine. Because they haven't shown any evidence that they could do that all game.
3: Hey, Sean, let let me just point this out quickly. I just saw this on Twitter midnight uh, on uh, Friday morning. Tremont Williams said after the game, the the 36-year-old cornerback for the Packers, quote, we knew if we could get Mitchell Trubisky to play quarterback, we could win, end quote. So the implication is you – out Ouch. Don't let them run the ball and then leave it in Mitchell Trubisky's hands to to your point about maybe that's why they didn't care about the end of the game there with, with passing the ball.
1: The, the uh, question? Was the question. you said, let me ask you something. I just want to read the quote
0: to you. He's just stomping on the grave. Uh, he the uh, I don't disagree. Aaron Rodgers was sacked five times for 20 yards. I know that four of them were on third down. I'm not sure if the fifth one was also on, on third down. But at least early on, four of the sacks that Aaron Rodgers took were on third downs. And, man, I mean, it, I'm telling you, it looked exactly the same. He would just stand. He would drop back. And like, the only difference was that he was less – he looked like – he was less inclined to run out of the pocket because he knew that everybody was sort of waiting for him to do it and be like, Oh, Rogers is freelancing again. But he's like back there, just holding the ball and holding the ball and holding the ball and looking for a shot play and breach. I just felt like at various times during the, during those third downs, there would be guys open underneath. I mean, do you think it was more the Bears defense just locked everybody down or is it Rogers still isn't comfortable in this offense and still can't get past the, I got to be a hero situation.
2: I think that it was probably a combination of a few things. Definitely in the first quarter, he did not look comfortable in the offense at all. I mean, they finished the first quarter with negative 12 yards. That was the first time in 25 years the Packers were that doo-doo-ish, as Ryan would probably say, on offense in any quarter. The Packers, with Favre, with Rodgers, getting negative yardage in a quarter is unheard of. So it looked like he was trying to get comfortable, and so he was hesitant but then you saw they started getting a little fancy. We saw uh, Nagy do that with Trubisky. And then the second quarter, LaFleur started to do it with Rodgers. That 47-yard pass to Valdez Gantling was kind of on a uh, fake two handoffs. All of a sudden went deep down. But I think the other thing is, and Sean and I talked about this in Slack for a brief second, is that it feels like Rodgers has lost a little bit of arm strength, like just enough to where he would hesitate on a throw like that, something he would never hesitate on. Because Aaron Rodgers does not want to throw interceptions. He doesn't throw interceptions. And if he doesn't think he can get the ball there, he's not going to throw it because that's how he thinks. And so if he just lost – if his fastball is down from 90 miles an hour to 87 miles an hour, that's not a big deal. He can still be one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, still is one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. But that makes it difficult to make those throws uh, 10, 15 yards down the field across the middle where you've got to kind of thread the needle. So – I think it's a combination of a lot of things, but I don't think the Packers should be too concerned because they just beat the Bears uh, and Rogers didn't take a single preseason snap in the new offense.
3: And by I, the way, that, that touchdown pass in the end, that could have been intercepted very easily. Yeah. It was.
2: And
1: I, I want to say too, I want to say too, the big deep ball, which put them in the red zone was like the 55 yard pass. That was not a well thrown ball. If he leads them, that's a touchdown. Instead, he hung it up there and it turned into, you know, kind of a little jump ball. The defender tackles him as soon as he catches it. That was a duck, too. So I I, I, I noticed that with Breach, too. Is that I thought... I mean, guys, no, they mentioned in Slack, too. I mean, like, the Hail Mary was short of the end zone. Yeah. I mean, I'm just... We're so used to watching... This isn't saying Rodgers is trash now or his arm is, you know, like, Peyton Manning 2015. but we're Go so to, on! <laughs> we're so used to watching this quarterback god and this incredible arm that it looked a little bit more ordinary than normal. And maybe it's because he didn't play in the preseason. Maybe it's because he was feeling the pressure, wasn't stepping into his throws. But I thought, I agree with Breach. I thought I noticed a little bit of like a velocity dip. There was also a pass in the first half that Kyle Fuller broke on a little comeback that he almost picked, that it seemed like the throw was just kind of fluttered out there. And we don't normally see that from
2: them. The one uh, that the that the Bears almost picked? Also, kind of to threw it down on or the legs. Or
0: the second down throw when he... Either audible or didn't audible and hit the guy. By the way, you realize we could absolutely clip that audio in a way that it would be like Sean would be saying, "Aaron Rodgers
2: is trash and washed up" (laughs) because bitter Bears fan, mad at Aaron Rodgers because he's trash. We still take Mitchell Trubisky over Aaron Rodgers.
1: I love that you would you are entertaining that idea when it would make your podcast look bad, but because I would be the one suffering the brunt of the
3: damage, you would a hundred percent do it.
1: Why would it make my podcast look bad? Because it was set on your
0: podcast.
2: I didn't say it. Who gives a so how
3: how how many weeks until Tim Boyle's gonna replace Aaron Rodgers?
2: <laughs> wow. Ryan, the fact that you knew his last name is impressive.
3: Yeah, so I was like Tim Boyle, yeah. Love that Tim Boyle Wait, what?
2: <laughs> no, um, but I wouldn't be I don't I'm not encouraged
1: by what the Packers did on offense, but I think what Breach was saying, I'm not overreact overreacted this because it was against the bears defense and it was in Chicago. Oh, I got,
0: um, I got bad news. The Packers have three straight home games coming up. The Vikings, Broncos and Eagles next. So how do they, how do they in those three games? Uh, I will say one and two. I they mean, will, that seems reasonable. They will beat the Eagles. They will lose to my super bowl champion Vikings and they will lose to my AFC West champion Broncos.
2: Uh, those are all at home now. I don't think the Broncos are winning in Lambeau. I think the Eagles game is a toss up. And the Vikings game is probably a up. They could, I mean, they could,
0: they could, have, they will probably go three and zero in those games. But you know, here's the other thing: is that what is what's,
2: what's the over under of these games? Because I mean, hammer the under on this Vikings Packers game. For re- But what if, like, the Packers offense is awesome, but they were going up against the Bears defense? So just you know, like, what if these were two of the best teams in the NFL that played tonight, and we just don't know it because both defenses were so good, and Trubisky was an anchor. You know, he's not going to play. I can't imagine he's going to play any worse, right, John? Uh, I think he he might have a few of these duds. He he Uh, might not have hit his floor yet. I
0: mean, to your point, Breach, like last year, Aaron Rodgers appeared to break his leg in the first half, then came back out and led the Packers in a victory over the Bears at home. And it was like... Well, the Bears are finished. They just had their hearts ripped
1: out by Rodgers again. The Packers are back. Rodgers is MVP,
0: and then Green Bay missed the playoffs And the Bears. uh... The
1: Bears won twice as many games as the Packers last year. Right. And after week one, we were already writing them off, and it was same old, same old Rodgers. The Bears, I believe, were— It's a long season. Yeah, exactly. This, the Bears were 3 and 3 period. last year at the end of October. So.
0: I'll, I'll tell you what the biggest concern was for me is that with both of these teams, and look, you know, we talk about maybe Rodgers and, and Trubisky aren't, you know, aren't not warmed up, but aren't ready enough because they took no reps in the preseason. The play callers weren't on the same page as the quarterbacks either. Those teams combined to go 5 of 27 on third down. That is abhorrent.
2: Yeah, and yeah, that's I why you should play your starters in the preseason. Maybe. Right sure. I uh-huh. I think some of
3: that is, is the defense though.
0: So. Yeah, for sure. But I mean like all right, what do we think about LaFleur's uh pass interference uh challenge? Oh. His first ever, and he soft. challenged it on offense and it was just a terrible challenge.
3: <laughs> so soft.
1: What was your tweet
0: about it? It's like that would be like, that was the worst Packers coach challenge in the last five years. And Joe Philbin burned two challenges in the first two minutes after he replaced Mike McCarthy. It's
1: unbelievable. It felt like the challenge you make in the preseason when you're trying to figure out what they're going to call and what they're not going to call, except he did it. In a one score game against their arch rivals.
0: With like 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter, it's like, oh, no way you could possibly need two more challenges on, on important calls, Matt. Good job. Um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really impressed at Matt LaFleur. It's his first game. And so again, I'm not going to, not going to pass. We don't him.
3: know. Aaron Rodgers may have just been ignoring him. We don't know. Cause as you point out, <laughs> Mike McCarthy's. There's off.
2: your, there's your quote. Right and away. you know what, Brinson? What is Matt LaFleur's winning percentage as an NFL head coach? One it and a half. Perfect.
1: Yeah. I'm this just is like Jim Tom graphic about the all-time winningest coaches in forty-nine. It's, like, it's
0: like Matt Lafleur: colon, undefeated as head coach, looks like John Breach. Like it's like like lives in Nashville. <laughs> like that's like his like rundown of his buyer or whatever. Like name means the flower. Um, Lift man. Yeah, I, I look, I mean, maybe he's a good head coach, but it did feel like he and Rogers were not on the same page. And that is a concerning problem with three top defenses I coming think up. It feels league.
3: like one person was on the same on, on the right page. and The other person was writing his own book. OK, um, <laughs> I don't uh, even
2: know who Wilson was taking a shot at before I Rogers. I don't but either. For, I don't Rogers. either. I was
0: trying to stick it in. <laughs> Uh, what, uh, Breach, what did you, what's your takeaway on the Bears kicker situation? Are they in good shape or bad shape?
2: Well, I thought they were in good shape when, uh, our boy Eddie Pinheiro hit the, I think 38 yard field goal. And I was thinking, oh, that's perfect. Cause now your kicker has confidence, put him in any situation. And then just passing up the 51 yard field goal, literally you're starting over from scratch. Cause now he's going to go home tonight. You know what he's going to talk about with his family? Why do you think Coach Nagy passed that up? Does he hate me? Does he think all kickers suck? Does he just think I suck? Is he going to call Elliot Fry tomorrow because he didn't think my 38-yard field goal went right down the middle? <laughs> you just you're opening up a can of worms that didn't need to be opened up. So, hey
3: John, how does this conversation take place? Like, who's the family members? Is there John? Skype? Yeah. Well, his
2: dad was at the game. They showed his dad when he uh. John, he John done. is
3: like, you know, like that scene in Terror is like, if you want to, if you want,
0: he's like, if you want to like, be the dolphin, you've got to sink next <laughs> to dolphin. Breach is like. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be the kicker, you have to think like the kicker. So I was like, what, what, what game
2: what I baby? was just at that noise. Was That's the
0: Dolphin.
2: <laughs> but the thing is, after a game, there's not many position players who can talk with their parents about how they just played. You know, your defensive tackle, your dad probably can't watch the entire film or pay attention to exactly how you did. But kicking, it's pretty simple. Like, hey, I nailed that. You saw it. Uh, hey, why didn't coach put you in for that 51-yarder? Like, those are conversations you have. And Pinero cannot be happy that they passed him over. So I do want to say something about J.K. Scott because he was the Packers MVP. He's their punter. Nine punts. I mean, he saved the game. He flipped the field multiple times. And I want to say this, too. He punted nine times, and the Packers won. There were only two games all of last season where the team punted nine times and won. So we're already halfway through that total in the first game of the 2019 season. I just want to say
0: that I started to play the entire Ace Ventura in the tank scene and then I hit stop because <laughs> we moved past and it just felt like it would be too much. But I, I, I would like to applaud my restraint in that regard. Sean, what was more nerve-wracking for you as a Bears fan? The uh, – the the, the it was like, all right, we're going to get a 51-yard field – or no, no, sorry. What was more nerve-wracking? The first field goal, the 38-yard attempt, or – When you were like, oh, my God, Pinero's going to have an extra point to tie the game. What what was more scary?
1: It was the first field goal. And the only reason why is because I felt like there was zero chance Nagy was going to kick an extra point, given the way this bear season ended last time. I thought he was going to go for two. Uh, Really? Yeah. And trust Trubisky? I mean, mean, at that, he he's the coach last year who always had these, like, weird creative plays. Andy Goldman's in, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I felt like he probably had a play lined up because I think – I don't think he would have trusted Pinero especially that happens after he tells Pinero you're not kicking a 51-yard field goal. I think he goes for two. That first field goal felt like, I mean, I've never experienced my team winning the Super Bowl, but in that moment, I imagine that's what fans feel when they win the Super Bowl, was that Pinero field goal going through the upright. Jesus
3: Christ. You are or, she, so it's soft. A joke. You're, you're soft.
1: Guess, it's a, a joke. Before. I'm just saying the relief that I think Bears fans felt collectively seeing that field goal go through, I was just nervous for Pinero because I, it's not his fault that the Bears have this situation where no one trusts their kicker to make a chip shot field goal, but he has all this pressure as if he was the one who missed that field goal in the playoffs. So I was like, if he misses this, he's probably done. I feel yeah. bad for him. So, oh.
0: yeah, I mean, Matt Nagy, if he misses that Matt Nagy drags him out back and what does what it reach stabs his confidence in his face? I believe was the line um what uh that is the line what ryan what do you think about the bears fans booing the offense are you pro I'm like i got i got a, t- I got a little little heat from uh people who are like this snob thinks it's not okay to boo it's like well listen these bear fans are a-holes they've been a-holes on social media what, for
3: six are you weeks talking about? you're the most entitled person all of us know and we, know,
4: oh, we wow. know
3: and you have the the nerve to say that these Bears fans who spent one hundred and fifty dollars on a ticket and watched some of the most horrific offensive football we've seen in years—they can't boo at this first game where they it's scored been, three. It's, games been like,
0: it's been like two years. The Bears have been terrible on offense for years. You tell me this is the worst Bears offense you've seen? Were you they there? Were, for were, you there for, we were, were you there for the sex cannon? That motherfucker used to like bomb yeah. it deep. effort. it, let's throw deep. Why um, can't they boo? They can, boo. I'm just saying that these Bears fans have been up in my menchies for six weeks telling me— to you. Now they're, tell, they're like, oh, dude, regressive defense. We won't regress on defense. We'll get forty turnovers. And Mitchell Trubisky's taking a step forward. Have you seen what we've added? Get out of here, Princeton. Your kid's got a bowl cut. Take that. It's like well, you know the best part. <laughs>
3: like typically, when people make fun of other people, they use a southern accent. But because you're from North <laughs> Carolina and I'm from North Carolina, I applaud you for using a non-southern accent to make fun of these these people. I disagree just... with you in in context of what you're saying, but. I, l- I like the X. I don't care if they boo,
0: but it's like don't don't sit here and tell me how the Bears are going to win forty. 42- so that's your issue. Yes, that's my issue. That's what I said. Don't tell me they can win forty-two games and then be like, "Well, I can't believe Trubisky's not throwing for nine hundred yards. This is ridiculous. Get me a brown <laughs>
3: well,
1: they all
0: sound. I don't know.
1: Just <laughs> the just, whole just, thing is ridiculous. Bears fans this entire off season have been ridiculous, getting so offended by the notion that the Bears might not win 12 games again. Yeah. It's also ridiculous for anyone taking a victory lap after week one of the season.
3: I feel comfortable in taking my Venmo victory. Yes,
1: you can take your victory lap about Trubisky winning MVP. That said, Ryan... Do you want to give us double or nothing 401 odds of Mitch yes. Trubisky winning MVP? I was going to say, what
2: do you think Trubisky's actual MVP odds are right now?
1: Uh,
2: off, off, off. It's like when the team's eliminated from the playoffs. It's it's your off. Garrett
1: Bradbury rookie of the year odds. They just don't exist.
0: Anymore. Well, technically, <laughs> technically those are four to one because they were the field. Um, uh, all right. Finally, well, what's the biggest overreaction to this game? Is it Benji Mitchell Trubisky? Is that yeah, no, no. You already gave us the biggest reaction. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do we think? What do we think happens in next week? Because I will tell you this: I am looking to fade both of these teams. I, I think the Broncos are going to stomp the Bears, and I think the. um I almost hope the Broncos. Are, is that game in Denver? Yeah, I almost hope I, the. I, I, sorry. Sorry. Go on. I almost hope the Broncos lose to the Raiders because then they will be dogs to the the Bears at home, and they will
3: manhandle chicago it blows up your own seven I,
1: I don't think it's possible for the bears or the broncos to blow away one or the other i think it's gonna be a game like we saw tonight and it's fair. gonna be like 13 10 set like the most i could see is being 13 3 something like that
3: i think you guys are, are not you guys brinson's trying to brainwash you to think <laughs> that joe flacco is going to be okay and let me tell you something cleo mac it's already, you already brainwashed up. you I, I, I shook the, I got, I got the.
0: Look, I'll tell you this. Mitchell Trubisky had one interception. He should have had five. And if he throws yeah, five uh, interceptions against the Broncos, one of them, they're taking to the house and they're going to score some points on it. They're going to run the ball back. How better. many interceptions
1: is Joe Flacco going to give the Bears defense? Now,
0: Flacco, or, Flacco
1: doesn't throw a ton of picks.
3: Oh, please. He doesn't. <laughs> now, when he's sitting on the bench behind Lamar.
1: What's the line for that game, I think? Uh, it depends. Now, it, it obviously depends what the Broncos say. The Broncos win by seven to 10 points on Monday night. Uh, Bears by two.
0: Uh, I would say Broncos by one or maybe one to three. I think Broncos would be favorite, home field advantage. Nah. you think Bears would be favored?
1: It'll be yeah, it'll be like. A I'm taking the
0: under no matter what. Joe Flacco. Not, Joe, Broncos, Joe Flacco's thrown more than thirteen interceptions twice in his career.
2: So back off. What the if football. it's seven to ten point win by the Broncos, but it's like thirty seven to thirty, and Flacco throws five touchdown passes?
0: <laughs> oh, then there will be a victory lap on that
2: Sunday night, and it'll be like. But then, what's the point spread in that Bears Broncos game?
0: Oh, you're saying against the Raiders. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then it's, then it's Broncos minus like four or something like that. Uh, and what are,
3: Packers Vikings though, you said?
0: Packers Vikings at Lambeau. What do we think?
3: That's going to be minus four.
0: Packers minus four?
1: Minus three.
0: Yeah. If the, if the if the Vikings stomp the Falcons, it might be like minus
1: one. That's the problem is we just have no idea what the Vikings are going to do, and that's going to impact the line more than
3: anything. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of public perception out there. How, how do you think those games apply? I, I really think the I think both the Broncos and Vikings will win those games.
3: I'm actually I'm going to go with the other teams. Okay. <laughs> not, not not just to be a jerk, I, I feel like I think the the Bears the Bears defense will give Joe Flacco trouble, and he you know we'll see how who is he. Corlin, we know Corlin Sutton. We know Manny Sanders is back. Is he 100 percent from that Achilles? We only have Noah Fant. He didn't do a whole bunch. We'll see how that works out. Their defense is good, but I feel like the Packers' defense. I mean, you know, the-
2: Lindsey, man,
0: Phillip Lindsey. We know what we could do instead. Yeah. We could call it, call it a night, and hand it over to me, R.J. White and Pete Prisco, and we'll tell you who's going to win those games after this break. The perfect combination of versatile, athleisure, and training apparel has arrived, thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul. All right, welcome back. You know you've been waiting for this all off season long. Ever since Pete, actually, you know, I don't even know who won. I don't even know who won the stupid contest. I know I lost the stupid contest. Pete Prisco, R.J. White, joining me now to make some picks.
5: R.J. won the regular season contest, but I won the cash in the postseason.
0: You won the cash in the postseason. Have uh, have you been paid by every member of the contest, Pete? Uh, no. Who didn't pay you? Who's the who's the cheat?
5: certain uh, buddy of ours that used to work with us that's still out there Welshin like he always used to do.
0: You got stiffed by a Giants fan is what you're saying.
5: Absolutely.
0: Um, RJ paid me.
5: You paid me. But the other guy did not pay me.
0: Hmm. Well, let's, let's, let's hound him on Twitter. You know who he is. Go tweet at him and tell him to pay Pete. Uh, we're gonna get to the picks. Yesterday we had, uh, fantasy advice with Heath Cummings. Make sure to check that out. We actually had three podcasts yesterday, previewing the Thursday game. We'll do that every week with Jared Dubin as well as Monday. Uh, and then we had a, uh, emergency Antonio Brown podcast. Recommend you checking that out. But today is all about the picks. Uh, we'll be picking Sunday and Monday games only, no Thursday games. If somebody has a pick that they identify as a best bet, uh, you can say so. And so you, there's no cap on how many best bets you can do, Pete. We're going to run through every single game, um, and we'll keep score though. So like. By the way.
5: We're not in the contest this year, me and you, but RJ is, so we're gonna get a vicarious throw out of his picks this year.
0: Yeah, but you know, Pete, that you and I are gonna, like, get white hot with our best bets, and we'll, of course. we'll, we'll finish in the money, like, but we didn't enter, of course. Um let's dive right in. Here's the first game off the bat, and I'll throw it to you, RJ. Falcons at Vikings. Vikings minus four, the over-under is 48. And by the way, you can have, you can have a best bet that's an over-under or a, or a, or a, against a spread pick. Um I As people know, I'm a little high on this Vikings team. Are you as high as I am, RJ?
4: I love the Vikings this year, too. Um... I think this line should be four. Uh, I would take Minnesota anyway, even though it's four. I do think three and a halfs are going to be out there. So, so I saw it in Jersey. Some folks had three and a half, uh, when I'm, you know, monitoring the line. So definitely get three and a half, but Vikings play well in their home openers. They won their last four in a row. That includes holding both Green Bay and New Orleans to less than 20 points in, I think, 2016 and 2017. Um, Falcons have a lot of new pieces on the old line. I think that's going to be trouble against a strong Minnesota front. The Falcons focused on improving that offensive line this offseason. Didn't do much for the defense. They expected that if they were healthy, that was going to be, you know, what they needed to get better on defense. But I don't know. You know, we know that Vikings are going to have a good run game. They're going to want to run the ball, play defense. I think they're going to win, so I wouldn't take the Falcons. Um, so I would take them to cover four, but three and a half would be a best bet if we could get it at three and a half.
5: Let's mm. say you, Crisco? Uh, yeah, I like the Falcons. I, I just – you give me Matt Ryan against Kirk Cousins and, and, and what looks like If week one's a big game, which usually is, week one, big game, Kirk Cousins will curl up in the fetal position. I'll take Matt Ryan. Look, that defense is going to be better for the Falcons this year. They had all those injuries last year. But, you know, adding Davidson and getting Claiborne going, and I think Tack McKinley's going to be ready to go. I think they're going to be better on defense. I know there's some issues on the offensive line, but it won't be as bad as it was a year ago. Uh, I'd like the Falcons plus the points.
0: Uh, I'll take the Vikings here. No no surprise to anybody. I think I don't know if you guys know this. Garrett Bradbury, uh, former NC State uh, standout, he joined the Vikings, and uh, I think that offensive line is going to be vastly improved. I think that the system they're running with Gary Kubiak is going to make things a lot better in there. And I think Dalvin Cook gets our party started. Pete, all three of the people on this show right now have predicted or wagered on Dalvin Cook to lead the league in rushing. We all did it independently, so I don't want to hear any copy paper BS, Prisco. Um, No. I know. We all did it independently. So I think he gets the party started uh, big time against the Falcons, who have been good on defense at times, but not really uh, by DVOA. They've never been above like 22nd since, since 2016. I'm going to take the Vikings as a best bet here. So uh, I'm in for one best bet. Minnesota minus four, as RJ said, would obviously prefer uh, three and a half. Moving along to the second game of the week RJ the Eagles minus ten now it was eight and a half I know you lamented that that's the super that's the uh the super contest line over under 45. what do you think about that line movement?
4: Yeah I loved it at eight and a half I would have took it in the super contest at eight and a half ten. I'm probably gonna stay away it's just a big number for week one where we know less and less but I think we can feel pretty confident that washington's a bad team i people act like miami's the worst team in the league i think the washington offense is just as bad you know zero threats catching the ball without trent williams i don't know how they're going to block the eagles strong front i think it's probably too big to lay the 10 but i think if this game was in week eight and the redskins were one and six the eagles were five and two it'd be like 13 or 14 so i I don't know that it's that high you know when you look at the 10 so uh, i'm not going to play the number i'm going to play under 45 i did suggest it under 46 and a half when where it was most of the offseason 45 i still like it i just don't how the Redskins are scoring points so give me a best bet under 45
5: yeah I don't love this game either way Uh, if I leaned I'd probably lean to the Eagles Uh, I think the Redskins might be a little feisty on defense their front's going to be good uh but I still I'm with RJ I think his offense could be dreadful I'm not going to take the game as a a best bet or anything but if I had to lean one way or the other I take the Eagles
0: Yeah, I've got, I'm in on this, not as a best bet for these purposes, but because I, because I talk to RJ frequently and because I look at RJ's picks on Sportsline, which you can, sportsline.com, you can join for $1 for your first month. Use promo code, no, no RJ, it's promo code Brinson. White. Uh, Or use promo code white. Use promo code white. Uh, get RJ, get RJ pumped up by using, uh, his, uh, his promo code. I got in on the Eagles minus eight and a half personally and the, uh, the under at 46 and a half. So I agree with you. I still like the under there. Don't think it's a shootout, but, but I'm, I'm staying away from the current numbers. Uh, next up on the docket, Bills at Jets, Jets minus three over under 40 and a half, RJ.
4: Yeah, and we're starting to see some two and a halves pop up because it seems like some sharp money is coming in on Buffalo. I think that's interesting. At, at three, I would probably lean Buffalo. If you give me two and a half, I'm probably leaning Jets. I think three is the right number here. So I would just go with the Jets at two and a half. I could get it. ATS, I think it's an easy stay away, you know, because these teams are probably close to even. So of course you should make the line three. I don't mind playing the under here. You know, the Bills ranked third in the league in yards per play on defense last year and the D might be even better this year with Ed Oliver. So on the other side, You know, you're really backing Josh Allen on the road. I know Pete's probably pretty confident (laughs) in Josh Allen, no matter where he's playing. But on the road, you know, I don't, I don't know that I love him that much. So not a lot of points here. I'd lean the under. Um, I think to with those two and a halves, you know, maybe play the Jets if you're feeling frisky, but probably just a stay away game.
5: I like the Bills in this game. I don't love them because I think anytime you open on the road, you're a young team. It's tough to do. But if I had to take the game, I would take Buffalo plus the points. I'm with you, RJ. I think the defense is going to be really tough. I love the way McDermott coaches his team and I do think Josh Allen's going to take the right steps but you're on the road opening on the road I'm not going to I'll take the bills plus the points but I'm not making it a best bet
0: hey Pete let me ask you this do you think how do, does the fact that Adam Gase has coached in the AFC East against Sean McDermott for a lengthy amount of time matter for their preparation like do you, well, you McDermott knows him too though right that's what I'm saying like I mean like yeah,
5: where, I mean, no. where's the advantage I, yes. it helps both of them they both know what each other does and and for me, the Bills' the whole season's about Josh Allen's growth, and I think he's going to have growth. I think the Bills have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs this year. I really do. Mm. I love what they're doing. I'm a big believer in Sean McDermott. I'm a big believer in that team.
0: I, I,
4: God's ears, man.
0: I don't I don't think I would take – and it's probably not too late because it's Friday, right? Like you can still take the, – the only over-unders you can't take are Chicago and, and Green Bay, right? I mean I would assume all the other ones are still up there. I, I don't think I would take the over on the Bills because it's creeped up too high. But when it was like six and a half, I loved it. I I, I think it's a team that with Sean McDermott is going to squeak out a few more wins. So I have no I have no problem if if you like the Bills, and I I think we should probably bring back the old uh, the old whammy curse. And I I lean Bills plus three here, which makes it a clean sweep, which means let's throw it in a uh the what is it the loser parlay, Pete? No,
5: that's the kiss of death.
0: The kiss of death parlay, right? That's yeah. What I mean. Is that what it called? The kiss of death parlay. Yeah, we're that's got to be one of the teams in it, right? Yeah. Do you buy or sell the kiss or death parlay, RJ?
4: Uh, there was a certain individual that used to be involved in that that isn't on this (laughs) podcast anymore. So I think if you got me in here, if basically what I like to say is is I come at the 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 lines very analytically, and I'm you know I'm diving into stats. Pete's coming at it a different way. He's got decades of experience in this league. He knows what to look for. If we agree on a game. Coming from such opposite directions, it's probably a good pick, you know, Mm. between the two of
0: them. right. well let's, then maybe we throw all our picks in in week one, all the ones with the consensus picks into a parlay and see if it hits. And maybe they're all underdogs getting points and we do a money line underdog parlay. I like a lot of dogs this week, by the way. Yeah, I do do too. Uh, do you like RJ, a dog named the Dolphins getting six and a half at home against the Ravens with a, a repulsive over under of 38 and a half?
4: I love a dog named the Dolphins getting six and a half at home. <laughs> right. and people, people hate this team, right? You know, I'm going to be the only one on the Dolphins, but this line doesn't make much sense. Seattle's nine, nine and a half at home against Cincy, since he's a bad team. Philly's minus ten at home against Washington. Washington's a bad team. You know, you give three points for home field. So would Baltimore really be twelve and a half at home against Dolphins? Like I think you're, you're at least getting two, two extra points there. If not, you know, maybe more. Um, I think Miami, yeah, they're going to be bad this year. They're going to have a bad record. But they got to be better with Fitzmagic, right? I mean, he can keep a team in a game when you least expect it. He's going to get some passing yards in this game. Uh, Miami's been bad the last two years but great at home. 9-4-2 and two against the spread the last two years at home. That's number two in the NFL. This is a very uh, secret home field advantage that I write about in August every year, you know, who has the best home field advantages in the league. It it's the last two years it's been the Dolphins by a wide margin. People would be surprised to hear that. So this is in a mix to in a mix to be a best bet at plus seven, which is what it was at at one point. It was definitely a best bet. Um six and a half, I I will I'll make it a best bet at six and a half too. I think six and a half is inflated. Wow. I think it's probably be four four and a half, maybe even four so, uh I like the Ravens this year. You know we bet on them to make the playoffs. It's just too much for me on the road going to Miami. It's a tough game in September. So, give me the Dolphins plus six and a half.
5: I'm with you, RJ. I'm with you all the way. On a best bet? On a best bet, too? I'll put them in as a best bet. And wow! It's, oh, yeah. it's going to be 120 degrees here on Sunday. Today it was 97, and it's going to be just as hot on Sunday. That's a tough thing to handle. Remember, they beat the Bears last year down there. This is... This is going to be a tough turnaround for, uh, the Baltimore Ravens and, and I think Miami's going to be feisty. They come from the New England tree, the coaching staff. They're going to be feisty every single game. If you're going to give me almost a touchdown against a quarterback who can't pass, I'm taking it. Give me the Miami Dolphins.
0: Hey, look, uh, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the experts page already with a Dolphins pick too. I mean, I think six and a half is just too much. The weird thing, the thing that, the thing that bothered me is that, um, when, uh, like, like, in t- like, Laramie Tunsil, right, is traded and he's worth two and a half points. I mean, I mean, it just felt like it was an overreaction. Like they were more worried that there's going to be this rush of Ravens money and they were bumping it up to kind of catch people diving on the Ravens. I, I just think, I don't know if they're wearing black, like uniforms or not, but it's going to be hot as hell down there. And I agree. I'll, uh, I'll take Miami. Not as the best bet, but, uh, that's, uh, two dogs in a row. You could throw in the, 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 the Kingslayer parlay, if you want to call it. Maybe we need a better name. What can, I, what can we call it? Uh, what happens when we all agree on a pick that it's a that it's a uh, that we throw it in a parlay? What do we call it?
5: The it's rotten parlay.
0: No, 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 no. That's the whole point. Is it's not going to be rotten? No, it won't
5: be rotten. Take take it because they're going they're going to win this week. I'm telling you, that's a winner.
4: Pick six parlay. It's a luck. All right, pick six parlay. There it is.
5: Man, I okay. uh... can put pick six in anything else. He puts it in there. He's got he's got bandanas that say pick six on it. I mean, he's
0: unbelievable.
4: <laughs> it's for the brand, Pete. Hashtag for the brand, we got to do it.
0: The brand is Brinson. The brand isn't pick six. Well, the, hey, hey. Are we can rename it the Will Brinson show.
5: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> I'll pass. I'll uh, you along with many other people. Um speaking of home dogs in Florida, the Chiefs at the Jaguars. The Jaguars are now just catching three. It was, I think, like four or four and a half, maybe even five, RJ. Over under fifty two. What do you think?
4: Yeah, it op- I think it opened five, or it opened four and a half, and it was at five. And obviously money's coming on the Jaguars. This is a tough one for me. I think the line is right. Um, I'm probably going to pass. If I had to lean, I'd lean to the Jaguars. I mean, they totaled 502 yards in Kansas City last year, and that had Bortles at quarterback. No four net. The top receiving options, Moncrief, Keelan Cole, and Niles Paul combined for 33 targets. They had five turnovers in that game. That's what killed them. But, you know, they went up and down the field on Kansas City. I think the offense is going to be better this year. I'm not sure that KC defense is going to be much better. They're going through that scheme change, m- mixing up a bunch of personnel, lost some pass rushers. I know Frank Clark is there. We'll see how, how much that matters. Um, even if the Chiefs get to 30-plus, I think the Jags have a shot to keep up and make it a field goal game just because I'm, I'm not a believer in the Chiefs defense. So, I think there's definitely multiple ways to get there. If we take the Jaguars at plus three and a half. So I would lean that way, but I'm not making it a best bet.
5: I'm making it a best bet because they're winning the game outright. I know you are. (laughs) Uh, I mean, 2017 defense was outstanding. This defense will be better for one big reason, Josh Allen. Mm. You now line up and play that defense. You can play four-man front, Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius on the inside, Yannick Ngagwe, and and Allen on the other side. That's a four-man rush. You can do so many different things on the back end. And remember, they held Patrick Mahomes without a touchdown last year. And remember what they did to the Colts when they were flying high late in the season last year? They goosed them. This defense is better. And I do think that they're going to be better on offense. Uh, it'll be a close
0: game. 21-20 Jaguars take the points. Mm, so you kind of like the under there too? 52 is a lot. It is a lot. It's I really think. A lot. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things about this game, I I would lean under here. I like the Jaguars as well, so we can, I guess, maybe throw it in the, in the, the whammy parlay. Yeah, we're all
5: on dog, it's a dog, so far it's a dog parlay, right? It's a,
0: I don't know if we can make it a moneyline dog with the Ravens, but with the, with the Dolphins and the Ravens, but that would would be spicy. What's that?
4: Have some guts. If
0: If we have all these dogs, I mean, I'm definitely taking it. I think one of the things that I would look at with, with this game too, and the under, is that, The Chiefs, whatever you think about their defense and it getting better, it's not going to be better against the run. And Leonard Fournette looks awesome. And I think Leonard Fournette is going to put up a big game, and he's going to run the ball. They're going to play great defense. Jalen Ramsey is going to come out there with a purpose, and and I don't know if he can lock down Tyreek Hill, but I think he'll do a damn good job of covering him. And I got Josh Allen, as I said on the podcast, sixteen to one to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. I love that bet. Uh, I I'll take the Jaguars here, and I, I agree with Pete. I think that they win outright. So what the hell? I'll throw in my best bets too, and that's part of the parlay. Next game on the list: Titans at the browns America America's new team the browns are minus 5 and the over under a startlingly low 45 and a half RJ
4: America loves the Browns, but it was five and a half. So the fact that it's ticked down a little bit tells you some sharp money's coming on the Titans. I think you have to look the Titans here. I mean we've been saying all offseason the Browns are overvalued, and somehow they're the favorites in the AFC North with two other really good teams. And it seems like people are down on the Titans, but they finished nine and seven for three straight years. I mean when you look at their records over the last few years, I know there's all this hype on Cleveland, but who's the better team and who's the more proven team? Uh, then you see the Browns struggled against the run last year. They were 25th in Pete's favorite stat, DVOA. Uh, we know the Titans are their best running the ball. Um, so you know that's what they're going to try to do and take advantage of that. I think they also have a, Titans have a deep stable of pass catchers. I, I have questions about the Browns cornerbacks after Denzel Ward. I think Greedy Williams is going to gamble a little bit too much. He's shown the ability to get burned. Um, you know, he, he'll probably be a good pro eventually, but but there's a reason he slipped to the second round. So I think the Titans might be able to throw the ball once um, the Browns have to cheat up and try to stop the run and that they could score some points in this game. Then you look at Tennessee as an underrated defense, particularly strong up the middle. They have three good inside linebackers. They've got, you know, Jarrell Casey and they have just always been strong on the front. And uh, I think they could slow down this team a little bit. I Get it at five and a half because those are still out there some places, but I would take it at five. Uh, I'll go ahead and make it a best bet, too, at five. I'm
5: with you. I think this is one of those games where it's a big overlay on the Browns. Everybody's hyped the Browns. And the I would really like the Titans if they were healthy at tackle and they had their tackles. There's concern there. That's a little bit concerning against those pass rushes for the Browns. But I'm with you. This is a feisty Titans team. You're getting me more than five points on the road. Probably is going to be a field goal game. I'll take it, like the Titans.
0: I got the Titans as the best bet, too. I bet them way back. I mean, like I might have bet them in, like, May. Because there was a first line I saw, and it screamed to me that this is a team that could do some damage. Jarrell Casey, the, the Browns offensive line is not good. They just cut their starting left tackle and let and knew that he would come back because no one wanted to sign him i get that it was procedural and it was a smart uh, move because you know you're you're playing waiver wire chess or whatever but if you've got a cut you're a starting left tackle that's a problem. That's a bad sign. Austin Corbin, the guy that John Dorsey believed could replace Kevin Zeitler, isn't going to be starting. This offensive line is a problem, and the Titans' Titans pass rush. I think D.P.S. is aggressive uh, defensive coordinator, and I think their pass rush is better than people think. Between Harold Landry, I know Cameron Wake's older than Prisco, but he's still—I mean, like he's still got juice in the tank. And Jarrell Casey might still be the most underrated guy in football on in terms of interior defensive linemen. So, give me the Titans all day here. I think I think the Titans win this game outright, uh, and. I will take the Titans plus five. We we now have five dogs in this, uh, in this, in this list that we're, uh, that we're slapping together
3: here.
4: (laughs) And that's a good strategy for people. I mean, week one is the week that you don't really know anything. People assume a lot of stuff, and we've talked ad nauseum about all these teams for months, and we've kind of locked in our opinions on all these teams, but we really don't know anything. I mean, the Titans could be an 11-win team. We just don't know. You know, Browns could be a 4-win team, even though we everybody, the way they talk about them, it seems to expect the opposite. So it's this is a good week to play dogs because we just don't know what's going to happen this season.
0: Well, I mean, look, like the Raiders last year, we were firmly in the camp that they would stink, but their over-under was 8. I mean, sometimes, sometimes the over/under or the expectations that are set before the season do not are not met. I mean, the the Steelers, I like them to miss the playoffs, and I was right. But that, like, I mean, it, you know, they they were a team that many people thought would win the win the Super Bowl, the Packers. I mean, we don't know what we don't know until the season actually starts. The Rams, oh boy, another dog. The Rams minus two at the Panthers over under fifty. It's like the third or fourth highest over-under of the week. This is an interesting DFS play, um, as we talked about earlier in the year, because nobody's going to be on these guys, and yet that over-under indicates that Vegas thinks there will be a lot of scoring. Rams minus two at Panthers, over-under 50, RJ.
4: Yeah, it's been creeping down as people jump on the Panthers, the Sharks jump on the Panthers. I would lean that way. Uh, if it was plus three, I'd make it a best bet, but I'm not going to touch it at two. Um, I think the line should be a pick em. You know, I'd, I would much rather play the under because the Rams weren't playing anybody during the preseason, and it takes a little bit longer for offenses to get in gear than defenses when you don't play anybody. So I do think the scoring might be a little bit of an issue for the Rams, and we know the Panthers like to probably going to like to run the ball, grind it out, try to make it a lower-scoring game. Um, we think the Panthers are a good team if Cam's healthy. It's notable he wasn't on the first injury report for Week 1, so I think that's where a lot of the positivity for the Panthers is coming up. Um, You know, people say the Rams will be worse this year because the Super Bowl hangover. You can think what you want about that. But I think the offensive line is much weaker, and that's where it comes in on. We could see a little bit of a downgrade from the Rams. So I'm probably leaning toward the Panthers at plus two. But, you know, we've lost some line value, so I'm not going to play it.
5: Yeah, I'm leaning to the Panthers, too. I think this is a tough trip for the Rams to open the season. I mean, you know, look, it's going to be, what, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock on the West Coast when they start that game. That's tough to do uh and i just think that panthers defense is going to be a little bit better rushing the passer with the change up front and that will show up and i'm not so sure the rams are going to be that much better this year they were very good last year everything seemed to go right give me the points i'll take the panthers
0: yeah you know i'm the panthers too i had them i've fi- them finishing as the number 2 seed in the nfc and winning that division cam is cam's you know had the shoulder thing he's got the the foot thing that happened in the preseason but i'm not worried about that aaron donald is a is a force Right? But they got Matt Paradis at center. They got good guards. They can keep him at bay. They can double him a little bit. And North Turner's offense is going to get the ball out quickly. Going to mitigate the amount of pressures that they get on cam. I still don't think they have a great pass rush, in, uh, you know, great. You add Clay Matthews. That's cool. I mean, he's still pretty old. And Eric Weddle, a good, a very smart and good player, but not this super athlete type. Like I'll take Earl Thomas over Eric Weddle. Um, the other thing too, Cooper Cup, I know we're hyping him up and we're excited for him. He's coming off an ACL. And Pete, I, I'd be curious, Pete. What do you think about uh, Sean McVay claiming that Todd Gurley will have no pitch count in this game? I don't think they're going to have a pitch count for him. I think he's going to play until that leg falls off. So you're fine. I mean, shouldn't they have a pitch count?
5: If he if he's cleared to play, you run him until he can't run anymore. He's the star. You got to play him.
0: Okay, I I just don't buy that. Like the guy's had an arthritic knee since Georgia. Okay, I mean, well, don't if you don't you theoretically want to try and save him for later in the season. Why are you trying to blow his knee out? I mean, run Malcolm Brown and, and Daryl Henderson
5: because he's cleared, so you play him like. Okay, so,
0: so do you believe he's fine to play? Yes. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, is Panthers plus two qualifying our parlay? Because that would be five teams. I wouldn't mind. Okay, you're not gonna play the plus two, so we'll take it out. But I got the Panthers as a best bet. I think the Panthers will win the game outright. I don't um, have them as a best
5: bet, but I like them.
0: No, that's fine. i just telling you, I got them as a the best bet. Uh, ooh, this is a game that's gonna be a blowout. The Seahawks minus nine and a half against the Cincinnati Bengals over under 44, RJ.
4: I'm leaning Seahawks here. I saw eight and out there in Jersey as of Thursday. I would try to get that and tease the number down to two and a half and, and play them because they're going to win by three, you know. Are you
0: three. doing, are you doing your weekly teaser again?
4: I am, uh, they were in there, I believe the line was nine or nine, I think it was nine and a half when I put it in, so I had to take them at three and a half, but I still think they're gonna cover that at, at three and a half, Um obviously. Getting them down to two and a half is a lot better. Uh, the best bet I'm doing for this game is under 44. Um, you know, the Bengals O line's one of the worst in the league, Seattle's D line with Clowney should have their way with that front. Uh, no AJ Green means their receivers in sincere week. Seattle's not really loaded with playmakers either. Uh, I can't see since he scoring more than 13 with that offense. Seattle should be playing ball control in the second half, easily keeping this game under. We're going to see a, a final of something like 24-10, 24-13. So I think under 44 is my best bet for this game.
5: I don't love it, but I'm taking the points in this one too. Mm. I just think – call me a – the fish hook is in my mouth, okay? It's got <laughs> me hooked. I'm hooked because it looks like a fishy line to me, but I'm biting. I'm taking the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to be pretty good on defense. I think they're going to get after the quarterback this year. Carl Lawson's going to have a big year. Gino Atkins is going to have a big year. I think Sam Hubbard's going to have a big year. I think they can rush the quarterback. I think they're going to be re- pretty good on defense. And I think offensively, yeah, they got line issues, but so do most teams in the league. But you give me eight and a half. I'm taking it.
0: How many wins do you have the, uh, the Bengals projected for Pete? Four or five. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. So I mean, i just make sure you didn't have them projected for like, not uh, seven or eight. I mean, you don't, no. you don't think they're good. You think you're gonna be able to rush no. the passer? No. Um, and what do you think, RJ? About uh I got a little bet and I found this one: David Clowney fifty to one to lead the NFL in sacks.
4: Um, I don't know. I, I we don't know how much he's gonna play out the gate. So obviously, that's gonna be a little bit.
0: Get
4: Again, Cincy, you know maybe he does get a few sacks. I don't know. It depends on how they use him in that scheme. He doesn't get.
5: Last time he had sacks, he had nine sacks last
4: year in the the Houston scheme. But we'll see how Seattle uses him. You know, if they put him in that Frank Clark role where he's just terrorizing the quarterback all the time, you just don't know. I mean, he's a talented player. He went number one overall for a reason. Um, I probably wouldn't take him to lead the league in sacks just because fifty to one. Okay, you can play anything at 50 to 1, sure.
0: Right, well, I mean, he had 13 sacks in his second year at South Carolina in 12 games, including four and a half against an 11 and 2 Clemson team. So, I mean, it's, look, it's a, it's a long shot. I mean, it's 50 to one. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I kind of like the value. And I what's feel his like sack, what's his highest sack no, number again for the season in his career? Like nine and a half. But he's playing as a drop back linebacker half the time for you. They rushed him a ton. He rushes a
5: ton in that yeah. defense. They steam yeah. him up. The reason they didn't want him is because they didn't think he could put his hand on the ground and go
0: win consistently. That's part of the problem. Well, Seattle's he's about to he's he's playing for a contract. I'm just saying, I think it's 50 to one. I don't think it's I, well throw your money into the lake.
5: Or that water you got from the hurricane up there? Jeez, man! I mean, there's
4: a. Um, How? What odds do you get for the lake? I mean, I would throw some money in the lake if you give me fifty to one.
0: Yeah, fifty to one. What what do I get if I make if I throw a dollar in the lake? I get fifty to one.
5: I don't think you. I can think you could stand on a boat and you couldn't hit the lake, Princeton.
0: <laughs> with, 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 I mean, not with a, like, is a dollar folded up? Then maybe, but like not like. I don't you think you couldn't I, hit it with a football. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got a brand new Wilson football from uh, the folks at Wilson today, That hundred, uh, what a hundred logo. I like the NFL hundred logo. That little flying blue rocket football. I'm going get
5: one of those. Why didn't they send me one?
0: You're uh, they're looking for uh, young, cool, hip influencers. Pete, don't worry about it. Are uh, you a hip influencer? No, not at all. Call to Chargers. Chargers minus six and a half. See, this is what I'm saying. Like, you tell me Larry Tuncel is worth two points, but, uh, or like one and a half points, but Andrew Luck is worth two and a half points? I don't know. It just doesn't add up. Uh, anyway, it was three, I think. Maybe it was three, maybe six and a half. It jumped up to seven, then came back down. Over under 44 and a half, RJ. Yeah,
4: I don't know what point you were making there, but the first book's me, over- me either, me either. The first books that opened that line after the Luck retirement news went up to nine and a half, and that got bet down really quick. And then when the other books followed suit and opened Sunday morning, it was at seven, seven and a half. Um, Now it's down to six and a half because people are betting the Colts. There's a good reason for it. The Colts are one of my best bets even at six and a half. Uh, Yes, Luck to Brissette a downgrade. Is it a bigger downgrade than losing Derwin James plus Russell Okung plus Melvin Gordon? I, I think those might be equal considering that this Colts roster is far better than the one Brissette was surrounded by after being pressed into playing 10 days following this trade to Indy. So they trade for him on September 2nd, like Brinson has said. Now we're past that September 2nd date, so you can't use your, your line you've been using for the last two weeks. But uh, Brissette gets traded for on September 2nd. He's playing in September 12th, bad offensive line, leads the league in getting sacked. Uh, you know, so I think they're gonna be much better this year with this stronger roster around them. The strength of the Chargers D's that front, that indie of- offensive line this year is good enough to handle them. Uh, Rex is a good enough coach to keep this close and even get the win since we you know the Chargers don't have a home field advantage, so don't give the Chargers three points for playing in that soccer stadium. I think at worst this line should be Chargers minus four even with Brissette at quarterback, so getting massive value here at six and a half, definitely a best bet for me.
5: It's not a best bet for me, but I think the Chargers are a bad matchup for Brissette to open this on the road. I, I think Gus Bradley, we saw what he did to Lamar Jackson when he threw all that stuff at him last year in the postseason. I think he's going to throw a ton of stuff at him. And I, and again, Brissette's one curse when he played was he held the ball. You can't hold the ball against Ingram and Bosa. I think he's going to turn the ball over. Uh, look, I, I agree with you, RJ. There's some big hits on that Chargers team with no James and Okun no and, and, and no Gordon. Gordon's not a loss. But they'll be fine. They'll find a way to win that game. They cover the number.
0: I uh I got this is the best bet too. I'm uh and, and for the record, I had the Chargers minus three right when the luck I took the Chargers minus three right when the luck news broke. And then I'm taking them, I took them back at, I took the Colts back at seven. So I got a four point window, but I really like the Colts here. And I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Colts actually won this game. I will take them getting the points. Frank Reich's a great coach. They're going to come out and like, it's going to be a win one for the Gipper type of situation. They're going to play hard for Jacoby Brissett. He's better than people think. He knows the offense. They got the weapons. They got the protection. He? Of yes, he's better than people you think. We know that yet. I mean, I'm telling you that he's better than people think.
4: We don't
5: know that yet. You're, you're talking about it. You're talking as an NC State fan.
4: Well the difference here is he's been practicing with the ones all off season. It isn't like he has to most quarterback injuries the guy gets hurt and the the backup who hasn't been practicing with the ones has to kinda of learn on the fly. Brissett's been taking all the snaps because luck's been sitting out. So I mean this isn't this isn't like a uh you know we're, you know chicken little throw your head up we don't know what's going to happen with this guy Like he's been playing he's been getting these snaps he should be comfortable in this offense
0: and they, when he played in 2017 he was traded to the Colts on September 2nd 2017 and he had to come in for Scott Tolzien in week one less than like seven days later when Tolzien sucked he threw some passes and then he had to start the next week he had Chuck Pagano as his coach and Chuck Pagano is a good person and all that but he's not he's not the offensive coach that Frank Reich is and Frank Reich has been a backup who's had to step in and Brady Quinn I thought had a great point on this podcast he said that it was this team is plan b i mean like everything about him you know that like chris ballard tried to get josh mcdaniels he bailed frank wright's the second choice frank wright's the backup quarterback in his career jacoby Brissett's the backup quarterback it's all like it's you know they even came from baltimore anyway um 49ers at bucks jacoby Brissett's great pete 49ers at bucks bucks minus one moved up a little bit over under 50 and a half rj
4: I lean to the Bucks at home, but I'd rather play over 51. I liked it when it was 49-and-a-half. We obviously knew it was going to close in the 50s, so I think the game will get to the high 50s. I think Champagne destroys the Tampa Bay defense. Um, you know, Bucks have a lot of good pass catchers too, so we're going to see a lot of points. I don't really have an opinion uh, on it otherwise, so I would lean to the over, and that's probably it.
5: I like the over as well, but I, I like the Bucks in this game. Again, when the West Coast team goes to the East, and I know this one's later in the day, it's still tough to do, and it's going to be scorching. They don't like the heat. Uh, I, I'll take the Bucks. I think Winston gets off to a good start.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I think the over is the right play because both these defenses are eh, in the secondary. And I think both quarterbacks are going to chunk it deep. I like the 49ers here. I just think. You're going to see them come out. I, I don't really, I think it's the hardest game to predict of the, of the, of the slate by far. I mean, it's a, it's a pick em basically. Both teams are sort of wild cards. You don't know what you're going to get out of Bruce and Bruce Arians and James Winston. Jimmy Garoppolo and, and, and Kyle's still a mixture. I'll take the 49ers, but I don't love it. Lions minus two and a half at Cardinals. No over under listed here.
4: I'll yeah. It looks like to me that the over under is 46 and a half, which seems high. I think that's a lot of, um, uh, assuming that the Cardinals are just going to be great offensively out the gate. Uh, this line got to three for the Super Contest for like five seconds. They locked the Super Contest line in at three. So I don't know if I want to play the Lions at three, but two and a half best bet for the Lions. You know, I don't think they're as bad as people think. Defense should be better in the second year. Patricia got a strong D-line with Flowers and Daniels now in the fold. Got a top corner and Slay. The Cardinals still struggle to block on the offensive line. I'm not a fan of that defense at all. I mean, they have a couple of solid pass rushers, but the corners are bad without Peterson. I think Detroit offense will do what it wants to do here. Arizona offense going to struggle. Lions will win pretty easily, which is you know hard to say with them on the road. But but you know people would be surprised. But I think they have a outside shot to compete for a playoff spot here. So. um I don't think they're as bad as people think. I think people are, are assuming that the rest of the division is so good that the Lions don't have a chance. But don't rule them out. I don't, I'm not willing to put the death the death knell in uh, Matt Patricia <laughs> yet. You know, I think he might be a solid coach. We'll see.
5: I don't, and I think he's going to get fired early uh, at some point this season. That's my guess. Right. And uh, I, I think Arizona wins this game. I, I don't love the Cardinals. I'm not going to say this is the best bet or anything, but I'm not. The Lions should be laying points to anybody
0: yeah I'm with you. I'll take the Cardinals too, but I'm a little scared about it because this whole vanilla we're playing we're laying down playing vanilla in the preseason and we're about to uncork thing is is a little petrifying Giants and cowboys cowboys minus seven over under forty five and a half r j
4: yeah, I don't like laying more than a touchdown with this divisional matchup week one. I also think the Giants are better than people realize, but I'm staying away. Um, the Giants D went through scheme change last year. They're going to be better in year two. I have some underrated edge rushers, you know, with Carter and, and those, Kareem Martin, those guys on the, on the edge, uh, Jimenez. Um, I'm not sure that they're, they're there offensively though. The O line should be better. Um, you know, with, with Zeitler in there now. Uh, Cowboys are going to win this game. I'm not too confident in covering, you know, maybe tease them down to minus one if you're going to tease them with Seattle, but, um, I'm probably just staying away.
5: I like the Cowboys. I don't love them. Uh- uh, that's a lot of points, uh, but if I had to lean and make a pick, I, I'd
0: take the Cowboys. I lean Giants here. It's a lot, it's a lot of points in a divisional week one game. And this sounds stupid, but Eli Manning will keep this close enough where it's like a three point field goal game at the end. I think the Cowboys that will win. It doesn't sound
5: stupid, by the way, because no, he actually didn't play as bad as everybody thought he did last year.
0: I, I, hey, yeah, there you go. I'm on the Eli bandwagon. Steelers at the, uh, Patriots. Patriots minus five and a half. This is the Sunday night game over under 50, RJ. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I like the Patriots minus five and a half. My best bet's going to be the under 50 though. Uh, these teams have played close games in recent years. They've all been at Pittsburgh though the last few years. New England is the best home field advantage in the league. 21 and 8 over the last three years, including the playoffs, against the spread. Uh, Belichick will be able to take away Juju. Not sure the Pittsburgh pass game has enough to compensate for that. But the New England line could be shaky. We saw them trade for three players last week to help their depth. So I'm not confident that they, we, they're just going to come out and dominate, even though they have, you know, the best offensive line coach in history in their back pocket. Uh, Pittsburgh defense has improved with Devin Bush and Nelson. So I think under is a better play than the Patriots. But now that it's ticked down under six, I'm willing to take the Patriots too.
5: Uh, look, Tom Brady owns real estate in the Steelers head. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so look at his numbers again. Was he got 31 and four against him in his career touchdowns, interceptions? 17, was he 17 and three? How could you possibly take the Steelers in this spot? I'll
0: take the Patriots.
4: And smart money's on him for some reason. That line's ticking down. Like who's taking the Steelers in this spot? I
0: mean, I, I I'm know. smart money and I'm taking the Steelers, but only, <laughs> it's only because I'm back in big Ben and the Steelers go to the Super Bowl. I think the, this, the Patriots will obviously win this game. I just think the Steelers can keep it close. They'll go out there and play hard and Ben feeds, feeding off this Antonio Brown stuff. He's feeding off of it and he's eating him alive and he's, he's going to go out there and have a big game. Texans at Saints, first of two Monday night football games, Saints minus seven over under 52 and a half, RJ.
4: Best bet Texans plus seven. Love Houston in this spot. New Orleans has been bad in weeks one and two the last five years. They're one and nine straight up. The only win was against Hugh Jackson's Browns last year, an ugly game that they probably should have lost anyway. Uh, Saints D is always hit or miss. You know, they could have trouble stopping a good offense that now has a legit left tackle in Tunsil. I know we're all down on Houston. They're a bad organization. They have a bad process with building this team, but separate that from the quality of the team in 2019. You have to say it's better with Tunsil and Stills. You have to say Deshaun Watson's the top quarterback. You have to say, you know, they have a lot of these good pieces in place. JJ Watts still there on defense. Merciless is still there. Um So there, uh, there's a chance Breeze falls off a cliff this year. You know, would I mean the early lines for New Orleans would be inflated as well. So I think the Texans could run into trouble this year later if guys like Watson get dinged up, they can't stay healthy. Um, but that's not a concern right now for Week One. So I love the Texans plus seven. I think they could win outright.
0: Pete, do you want Pete? Do you want to give your? Uh, I know you got a bounce yeah. for a sports line. Yeah, here. I give you my two picks for the Monday night games. Love the Broncos. I
5: loved it before the Antonio Brown stuff. I think they won that game outright. Uh, and now what the, the line has moved right to, to Broncos by what two two,
0: an, two and a half on uh, on, yeah. on the. I'm laying
5: that. And I'll take the Saints. Don't love it. Just for the reasons RJ just said. Uh, my best bets. Jaguars. Who were the other ones I had? Oh, uh. Dolphins. Dolphins. And I had one other dog that I really liked. Uh,
0: the, trying to, trying to the Bills. Yeah. The Bills. The Bills. Bills. All right. Buffalo Bills. Alright, a little light, light slate for Pete this week. Three. Dolphins, Jaguars, Bills. Alright, Pete. Uh, we, I'll talk to you next week. You're the best. Thank you for, uh, thank you for your time as always. And um RJ and I will wrap this up. Pete's going to go do some sports line. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. All right. All right, RJ. So um, I'm um Pete only picked three games. Dude,
4: a little light slate. Yeah, I mean, it, well, I for the people out there listening, I think it's smart to be a little light on week one because like what I was saying earlier, you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and there's a lot of unknowns in this league. Uh, so play the dogs if you like some of these dogs. But, you know, I, I wouldn't mind staying away, not getting too aggressive. Maybe playing a teaser here or there. If you tease the – uh the Patriots down to around a pick with, you know, something like the uh, Cowboys minus one, I'd be fine playing something like that, but I wouldn't go too crazy in week one.
0: No, I'm with you. Um, I like, I'm, I'm with you on the Texans. I bet at seven and a half, I think when it first came out. Um, Great. yeah, I mean, it's one of those where it's like, you're like, I got to jump on this now, but the lines are so sharp. Just like they don't, you don't see lot, these lines move that much barring an Antonio Brown situation. Do I mean, right.
4: Yeah. Um. Well, this is obviously the exception because they come out what April twentieth or whenever they came out. So yeah. you got months for them to sharpen up. Um. So we're talking about them now. We're not going to. We we shouldn't be seeing too much significant line moves unless some you know weird personnel stuff happens, like we saw with Clowney getting traded and that kind of thing.
0: No, but I'm saying like I'm surprised at how fairly close all these lines are to the original lines from like April. I mean, like or I guess it was probably May after the draft. I mean, like they just haven't moved all that much uh but yeah i mean i like i like the uh the texans plus seven i actually kind of like that over. i don't know if i like the over we could see the the saints run the ball potentially but that could feels like it'd be a shootout if breeze is chunking it around broncos minus two and a half at the raiders that was did pete mention the, did pete mean to say that's the best bet i feel like he did
4: uh no at two and a half i don't know if he's taking his best bet you can follow up with him but that's that's a little inflated to in me. You could have got the, the Broncos plus two and a half, plus three earlier in the offseason. So this line has swung big. I, I want to say I wanted to get to three, but you know Vegas doesn't want to put three out there after having it open at Raiders three and getting middle like crazy on that game. So even at two and a half, I'm going to make the Raiders the best bet. Yes, the Antonio Brown situation. Wow! A, the Antonio Brown situation is a mess. This line was a pick before the Brown news broke. There's no receiver that's worth two and a half points. If, if Brown would have, would have got hurt and would have been missing this game with a hamstring injury, they wouldn't have moved the line two and a half. Um, we don't know as if the recording, what the suspension entails. I mean, we're recording this now. It's still up in the air. What if he plays some of the game? What if he suspended the first quarter, the first drive? Like, we don't know. Um, the Raiders are the team with more coaching stability coming to this matchup. You know, they got all new staff and, and with the Broncos. The other offense isn't great without Brown. Like, I know you're high on the Broncos. I don't think they're that good. You know, Sanders looked great in his return from Achilles' tear, but. Coming back early, I'm worried that that height that creates a heightened risk of injury when you rush back. Um, so who knows how how long he'll stay in this season. This, this team doesn't have a lot of playmakers outside of him. I'm also not willing to assume the Broncos' defense is going to be great out the gate with Fangio. I know he's a great defensive mind, but his 3-4 is a little bit different from the 3-4 they used to have. They're going to have good pass rushers. I don't know if the rest of the team's a fit. I think you'll be able to run on them. So I think we're going to get a lower-scoring game here. The Raiders have a good home field advantage lately. You know, I give them four in my home field advantage ra- ratings, I think. Teams are going to come out to support this. Uh, fans are going to come out to support the team in the last year. You're going to see crazy fans at these these games. And it's going to be a pretty big home field advantage for Oakland, I think, in this last year in Oakland. So give me the Raiders plus two and a half. Uh, you know, I, I think I put it in at minus one. I still like the Raiders when, when Antonio Brown was going crazy. So if you're going to move it three and a half points from me now, I'm, I'm going to take it because he's not worth that much. You're
0: lucky we're not in the same room, RJ, because I would slap you for the words you just said about my beloved Broncos who are going to win that division. I just want you to know, the Broncos are going to win the AFC West. Was that, is that the worst prediction you've ever seen anybody put on paper?
4: Um, it's up yeah, there. i Prisco said the Jags would win the Super Bowl, so <laughs> that's, that's got to be up there too. Uh, but you know, Bro- Broncos winning the, winning the division would be crazy to me.
0: There's a lot of people who wrote like, are you on drugs? Somebody drug test this guy. What kind of great,
4: great like, drugs I wanted to is he selling? Onto- under at seven, like I was really thinking about it, but I didn't want to have both them and the Raiders. Cause you know, what, what if one of those teams go two and oh and it screws up the other. So yeah. I just took the Raiders banking on the travel and, and the combustible situation with Brown. I took them under six and decided to stay away from Broncos, but I really wanted to hit them too.
0: I got talked into taking the Raiders under six and a half minus 200 on the podcast with the emergency Antonio Brown podcast by Ryan and BMAC of all people. Like that's. Wow. Yeah. That's I wondered a lot, but yeah, it is, it is. I and mean, I didn't, I didn't put a whole lot like a, Unit and a half on it. So it's not a, not a, not a, not a, not something, you know, it's not devastating if it lose, but I mean, certainly upset about it. Um, okay. So, uh, our best bets, first of all, the best bet underdog parlay, Bills plus three, Dolphins plus six and a half, Jaguars plus three, and Titans plus five. I would honestly, let's just, what do you think about that? What do you think about that play? First of all,
4: I'm not as high on the Bills as you guys at the three. I, I would lean to them at three, um, but two and a half I would lean Jets because I think the game's going to end on three. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't put them in that for me. Um, dolphins I like, Titans I like. If you said Titans, my my computer's dying on me here so I can't go back over my picks. But uh, um, you know, aside from that, I kind of like it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I go too crazy with parlays. Again, so much uncertainty in week one. We just don't know what's going to happen. So why are you going to string together bets where all these different things have to happen when we just don't know what's going to go on?
0: Well, just so you know, um, I don't even know what that pays out. What does this pay out? Uh, twenty to you, one.
4: Money money line parlay on those, or are you just doing the? Uh,
0: yeah, I think it's um, the spread. Surely it didn't pay out twenty to one. It's got to pay out more than that for that money line parlay, right?
4: Yeah, you would think so. I mean, if you're throwing Dolphins in there at plus six and a half, plus seven. Yeah, all
0: right. Well, I'll look it up anyway. if Don't go crazy on this parlay, but if you want to take it, uh take take the points. And then, you know, if you want to sprinkle a five bucks on the money line or whatever you want to do, I don't hate it. I mean, I think they could all win. Certainly the Dolphins are,
4: are the team that, that I think would be concerning there. Um. You mentioned my teaser of the week in my article. Um, yeah, yeah. What's the teaser? I of the think, week? I think it was it was Cowboys and Seahawks, if I remember correctly. But I also did an underdog parlay of the week, since you're, that's what you're talking about right now.
0: I know, oh, sorry, I found it that on. I had to look it up on Sportsbook. This play on, on an offshore. Uh, make sure you're getting the right odds if you play this money line parlay, because some locals, I know, my local hand sometimes handicaps the or caps the parlays. Not cool. Uh, it should pay out sixty two to one.
4: Nice. So, yeah, my money line parlay is Colts, take Colts on the money line against the Chargers, take Texans on the money line against the Saints. That should pay around 11 to 1, I believe. And then if you want to get crazy and throw the Dolphins in there, I think it ups it to 43 to 1, 42 to 1, somewhere around there. But 11 it. to 1, you know, just throwing out, see what happens. I like Colts, Saints, or Colts, Texans.
0: Texans, Colts, money line parlay pays out, uh, yeah, 11 to 1. I like that. And what did you say about your teaser? What was the other team in the teaser?
4: uh, Cowboys, I think getting down to one. Um, but I would take the Patriots to get them down to pick or or plus a, a half, whatever, whatever the line is. Either, either of those are fine to me. I liked if you want to throw like uh, you know, now that the Cowboys are at 10, maybe you throw a seven point out with them and the Seahawks and get them down to to three and two and a half. I think that's fine too. And now that the, Who's at 10? The Cowboys? No, the Eagles. Eagles. Oh yeah. yeah. So I see what you're saying. So go were you saying yeah, throw? I was licking my lips for Eagles eight and a half, tease them down to two and a half, cause that would have been the perfect play, but they've all the way up to ten now. I, I would still, if you can get a seven point tease, getting them down to minus three, I think that's fine. They're not gonna, they're gonna win by more than three.
0: I like Eagles Seahawks teaser, two, two game teaser. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. okay. And your best bets are, I think I have you down for seven best bets, a slow week, of course. Uh, to correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong here, under, I just wrote under 46 and a half and didn't write what, that freaking game. Oh, under Falcons under 46 and a half. Dolphins plus, is that right?
4: Falcons under? Uh, I don't think so, but I, I have to, you know, my computer died, so I couldn't tell you for sure. Uh, oh, no, sorry,
0: no, I got it. Sorry, sorry. All right. These are RJ's best bets. My apologies, especially to EK. who's going to get mad at me for not being prepared. Redskins under 46 and a half. That was, that's what it was.
4: Yeah. I think it's 45 now, but. For, for, right. I yeah, I had it at 46 and a half earlier, but if you want to grade it by, by the lines as they are now, give me 45.
0: Redskins under 45. Dolphins plus 6 and a half. Seahawks mm-hmm. under 44. Colts mm-hmm. plus 6 and a half.
3: Ooh. Love
0: uh, it. Oh, love it. Yeah. No, no, you have three more. Steelers under 50. Texans plus 7 and Raiders plus 2 and a half are your best bets.
4: Yeah, we a little shaky on that Raiders one just because of a developing situation. But like I said, he shouldn't move the line that much. So I think we're getting value there.
0: Uh, and then my best bets are Vikings minus four, Titans like, plus five, Pan- Panthers plus two, Jaguars plus three.
4: You're making a ton of money this week.
0: I know. We're getting rich this week. And Colts plus six and a half. Love it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this the Pick 6 podcast. Leave five-star reviews if you've got a pick this week. If you got a parlay, a money line parlay or a dog parlay or whatever, a regular parlay, leave it in a five star, uh, review and we will, uh, we will discuss it on the podcast later. If you got a question about the lines, however you want to deal with this, let us know in those comments as well. Thanks everybody for listening. As always, you're the best. Talk to you. Oh my God. Sunday night, our first Sunday night recap show with the super friends. It's going to be freaking awesome. Get ready to download that on Monday morning or Sunday night at midnight, whenever you want. Uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks, RJ.